Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zaitz. Brazil has over 200 million people. Can you guess how many of them sleep well? I hope you're enjoying summer and resting enough because many people have issues with sleeping, either not sleeping enough or sleeping poorly. Oftentimes, poor sleep hygiene, such as drinking coffee too late in the day, being exposed to blue light from phones, tablets or computers right before getting to bed, can impact the quality of sleep. As listed by the Cleveland Clinic, poor sleep results in a lack of alertness during the day, excessive daytime sleepiness, impaired memory, poor quality of life, relationship stress, problems associated with chronic sleep deprivation, are high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attack, heart failure, or even stroke. Other potential problems include obesity, depression, reduced immune system function, and lower sex drive. The Brazilian startup SleepUp is trying to help people with sleep issues with an over-the-counter digital therapeutic. The DTX works on behavioral change approach that is determined for each individual user. The first step is an individual assessment of the causes for poor sleep, followed by individual recommendations. You will hear from Renata Redondo Bonaldi, co-founder and CEO of SleepUp. We talked about various aspects of sleep issues and the role of wearables and digital health in improving sleep. If Renata had one piece of advice for sleep improvement, this is what she'd say to you. Even though we are based on a mobile phone, the most important thing is that you don't use mobile phone, don't take it to bed. We have this technology advances, but technology is also a problem for sleep. Computer is a problem, mobile phone is a problem, uh, and we have to balance that and explain that to the user. That's why at SleepUp we, we emphasize that a lot, that SleepUp is a treatment, it's a daytime treatment, it's not for using at night. You'll hear more about sleep, digital health, and the digital health startup situation in Brazil in a few seconds. Renata is an entrepreneur with a very international background. She graduated in engineering with a master's in textile and health in Italy, continued her education in the UK, where she got a PhD in electronic textiles and wearables for healthcare, and a global MBA focused on innovation and entrepreneurship management, PE and VC, and disruptive technologies at Manchester University. Enjoy the discussion and tune in to other episodes as well. Visit facesofdigitalhealth.com for additional content. Now let's dive into today's discussion. Renata, Brazil has over 200 million people. Uh, maybe as not a too serious question, but how many of them sleep well? That's a very good question. We have some statistics in Brazil that 20, 22% of the population has chronic insomnia, which means that these people, they have trouble sleeping for three years, three months in a row, and three times uh, a week. So it's a lot. So 22% of that. So maybe around 50 million people. And yes, Brazil is 
It's a huge country with a lot of diversity, cultural diversity, geographical diversity, weather diversity. So these all impact the, the, the sleep. It's a huge country, so it's a little bit basic or very broad. The question, if I ask you, how does the digital health landscape look like in the country? Digital health is something that, of course, we are doing a lot of progress in Latin America as a, as a whole in Brazil. I think the pandemic make it a little bit faster, definitely, but we're still, of course, many years, a lot behind uh, North America and Europe, definitely. But at least now we, telemedicine is something that's mainstream. So everyone uses telemedicine, everyone feels comfortable doing it. We have a lot of platforms for that. And before the pandemic, for example, telemedicine was not legally approved. Let's say for, it was just for a few uh, specific con conditions and contexts. And now it's broadly acceptable. But that's the first step. Digital health is something that is not just telemedicine. It's much more than that. So we could see, we are seeing a lot of new um, startups in the digital health sector coming up. We, we're seeing a lot of that. It's not many, but we do have in Brazil around a thousand health techs. And, and they're all bringing technology and, and something new for, for digital health. So in terms of chronic diseases, management of chronic diseases, or as a tools for, for telemedicine, for health records. But yeah, I mean, digital therapeutics is something that's totally new to, to, to South America, to Brazil especially. SleepUp is, is the first one to, to get the Brazilian FDA approval on that. And that's something that's very interesting because we see that movement, worldwide movement of uh, software as medical device, regulatory pathway for this type of product. And uh, in Brazil, we also had actually a two weeks ago, the official uh, regulatory pathway for software as medical device. So this is a, a very good progress that we did in Brazil to improve the efficacy and the safety of all these startups and technologies that are coming up. And SleepUp was approved in August last year, but we use it a different path for some medical device path for that. So we, we are disrupting this type of innovation in Brazil at the moment because it's, a, it's an evidence-based uh, digital therapy. It's an evidence-based treatment using technology so it's something that's it, it's something new to be able to measure and at sleep up we do have a team a big team of researchers and people taking care of the clinical trials to use all that evidence to for the benefit of the system and the user so it's so yeah how do regulators look at digital therapeutics you mentioned that the market is not as developed uh, yet as it is for example in the US so what are the conditions to qualify as a digital therapeutic is there even a term um, digital therapeutic or is it just the regulators look at applications like yours as a medical device and you have to comply with the uh, standards related to that Yeah, that's a good point. We, the, the term digital therapeutics is not common in, in Brazil. 
So people do not really understand what it is. In Brazil, it's software as medical device, medical software. That's the, the way we, we classify in terms of regulation. So there is not such a thing, for example, prescription digital therapeutics or over-the-counter digital therapeutics. That there is not that type of definition yet. We at Slipup, we are classified as over-the-counter digital therapeutics. So we do not uh, we have this purpose of which is related to the democratization and giving accessibility to uh, specialized treatment for for insomnia and sleep disorders. So was our choice was to leave it open and available for the consumers to buy it. Yes, there is no like the, this type of definition, but I, I guess it's it's changing uh, a little bit now. Before we dive into how the solution is designed, it's probably good to talk a little bit about sleep health. In 2019, the sleep scientist Matt Walker, the author of the book Why We Sleep, had a TED talk in which he outlined all the health benefits related to sleep and perhaps even more importantly, all the health problems that can occur if we don't get enough sleep. So either cognitive issues, memory impairment, mental health disorders, and more. It was probably then uh, that we started uh, talking more about uh, sleep health in the general public and where the awareness started being raised after this. That It's also true that there's several challenges uh, related to sleep because of the pandemic, because of digital devices. What's your story? How did you get into sleep research and in solving this um, piece of uh, problems in healthcare? This book is very popular. So when we talk about about uh, when we talk with customers, investors, they all mentioned, and we've read it um, as well. So yeah, I think from maybe three or four years, uh, we've seen a lot of changes in the sleep field. The pandemic came to perhaps to make people more aware of the importance of sleep. And because it changed a lot, our behavior, our routines, and that affected a lot sleep as well as the mental health. But my story with sleep started with my MBA. So I I lived in in Europe six years, mainly in England, where I did my PhD, I did my MBA. And I had this experience, I have this experience with wearable technology. And in my MBA, I did a research about wearable technology in chronic diseases. And from this research, it came up that sleep disorder was the first one. So sleep disorder was the first chronic condition that people wanted technology, wearable technology to to help. So from that moment, I started understanding the sleep field and the gaps. I started to realize that there was a huge gap between the demand, the, the huge of population of people uh, that needed support, needed treatment, needed help, and the actual amount of sleep experts. So I'll give you an example. Like in, in Brazil, we have around 50 million of people with sleep problems and less than 500 sleep doctors and less than 30 sleep psychologists. So I could realize that there was a big gap and that there were clinical protocols, psychotherapeutic protocols that were golden standard more effective and durable uh, and that people are complaining about side effects of sleep, sleeping pills, uh, tolerance 
dependence. Then I realized, well, let's take what works, what's clinically validated, worldwide accepted, and make it digital so that we can give it more, give this accessibility to, to more people. And let's help these ones that are using sleeping pills to, to stop using it, to, to uh, switch to a psychotherapeutic, more effective way. So that was the beginning. So it was really understanding and researching that uh, we realized that there was a big opportunity. And that was the end of 2019. So we start, Sleep Up was, was founded at the end of 2019. And we launched our first MVP in the middle of 2020. Yeah, in, that in the middle quite... of the pandemic quite a fast development because uh, one of the challenges when it comes to diagnosing sleep issues in a clinical setting is that you need to go into a lab, sleep there, you're put on all sorts of monitors so clinicians can detect brain waves and brain activity. A simplified solution actually address that. So to which extent is what you are doing based on diagnostics and analytics? How can you approach the clinical requirements? Sure. Yeah, that's a very important question. And this is actually another problem. Yeah, polysonography, it's a test that's uh, it's not easily accessible, accessible, it's expensive. In the public system in Brazil, for example, you have to wait years to be able to do this kind of test. And with the trend of home care and remote and fast exams, there was a big, there is a big need for developing an alternative, non-invasive alternative for polysonography. So what we do uh, in terms of insomnia, you don't actually need to, to do the polysonography. You can, by, by, by filling some questionnaires and amnesis that we have in the digital therapy, you will, the patient will be able to see if, if he or she has a chronic sleep problem or a mild or moderate sleep uh, insomnia problem. And we do have a, a lot of other clinical assessment questionnaires to help them understand the causes. So by doing that, we understand if it's a more behavioral, more cognitive cause, and we then personalize the sleep treatment itself. So so we use psychotherapeutic protocols to, for the treatment, but we also integrate with biometric data. And coming back to your question, we are also developing a portable electroencephalogram, but not to exact, exactly to replace the polysonography. Of course, we can, we can bring a lot of the data from the polysonography in terms of sleep staging. So we've developed our um, electroencephalogram algorithm to detect the staging with more than 90% of clinical accuracy. So that's something that's very important with just a single, very lightweight, flexible, washable headband and integrating that data in the digital therapy is, it makes it very assertive, very personalized and more effective. At the moment at SleepUp, we work without wearables, without biometric integration. But we have, the, uh, we have the biometric integration as well, for example, with Samsung Health and Google Feed. And in the long term, we are launching our electroencephalogram monitoring, looking in more details on the sleep disorders and the personalization of the therapy. So in, in summary, insomnia does not relate specifically to, to polysonography. What we bring from polysonography is the sleep staging 
characteristic, which is something that is, is very important. And there is a gap in the market for that. Um, most of the devices, uh, the wearable devices on the market, they do not bring clinical occurrence for, for people with sleep disorders, for example. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit further uh, what kind of information and benefit can measures with wearables have for sleep? Because there's just so many things that are important for sleep. Uh, regular schedule, diet, exercise, habits, not being exposed to light before you go to bed, um, and stress, of course. So how exactly does Sleep App address sleep quality improvement? and where do the med measurements with the sensors come into play? Yes, very good. Very good question. Sleep is something that's multidisciplinary. It's, and that's, our, that's exactly our intention to have an integrated approach for treating insomnia and helping with sleep disorder. And yes, we analyze behaviors, routines. We, we have the personalized goals, the sleep hygiene. We work a lot with uh, time to go to bed, time to wake up. So we have a lot of this in the platform. And we capture steps, heartbeats, for example, electroencephalogram, sleep staging, how many times that person woke up at night. So night awakening. So all this data we integrate into our algorithms to to provide personalized orientations, for example, if we, and, and our objective is to make it semi-automized, to, to make it as automatic as possible. And for example, so we measured the steps. So if that person has a, a very low number of steps, then we, we correlate with a, another variables of the app, and then we provide a, a specific orientation that could be related to the depression test that we do, that could be related to several other things. So in this case, we will make an intervention saying, look, you have time to start exercising and then we provide further orientations. And, the other, and on the other side, if that person has a lot of activity, like one hour before going to bed, we can capture that information and help if that person has a sleep problem, then we would say, look, you have to do an, ex an activity that is less intense And for heartbeats, we measured the heartbeats at night during sleep. And that's important for some conditions as well. And in terms of sleep staging, we correlate sleep staging with a lot of other metrics from the treatment and also the correlation with medication. Because some medication, they reduce the REM sleep or improve the, the deep sleep. And that can cause cognitive impairment, memory problems. So we integrate all of this data to provide personalized and assertive orientations and personalized journey, CBTI, the Cognitive Behavior Therapy journey. You're, uh, you have a very international background, as you mentioned earlier, you spent a lot of time in the UK. Uh, you actually graduated in engineering in Italy with a master's in textile and health. You then gained a master's in education in the UK and a PhD in electronic textiles and wearables for healthcare specifically. So I really uh, am curious to hear from you. How do you see the whole textiles and uh, sensors market? 
market is uh, developing because when we talk about wearables, we most commonly think of things that you have to put on, such as uh, watches, sensors like that, not as often about clothes or things that you can wear and measure some biometric um, information. Yes, yes. I've always intelligent textiles, electronic textiles. These, these are. This is my background from the beginning. Soft wearables in general, and uh, there are a lot of very, uh, a lot of innovative things coming up. I think looking at this field like for more than ten years, unfortunately, it's not mainstream yet. I've not seen a huge progress from ten years ago. There are a lot of companies doing a very good job, very interesting uh, uh, business models and products. I guess it, it depends on the application. For example, if you're talking about sports, physical activity, posture, then it makes sense to have wearables around your body, not just on your wrist. So it depends on the objective. If you're looking just for biometric data, then you, you just need a, a little device in your finger, in your wrist. But if you're looking for, for example, measuring, yeah, I think that this is this is example is posture. Like when you are doing exercise or yoga steps, for example, you have to you want to measure how you step. Or so in this case, we see some opportunities for wearable soft wearable sensors, let's say. But and and also when we when we think about the sleep field, there is a lot of advance in terms of the the, the textile context. So we have a lot of bed sheets with innovation in terms of sensors for movement, for thermal thermal regulation. So that there are a lot of innovations in the area of sleep for pillows, for pajamas, for in terms of temperature and comfort. So always focusing on improving the sleep. But in terms of wearables in general, I guess we, we the hard wearables, let's say, they are much more advanced than the soft wearables. You you mentioned a, a really good point, and that is when it comes to sleep improvement and requirements for good sleep, the industry really is huge from mattresses, uh, pillows. And then in the last few years, the whole digital health landscape has also developed how do you see that you differentiate from um, other companies in the sleep uh, area, digital health, of course? Yes, yes. There are a lot of players in the landscape, players for sleep monitoring only, players for guided meditation, players for devices that you wear and improve your sleep. There are a lot of solutions so I think what differentiates us is the fact that we bring, we are not a seller of devices. We don't want just monitor sleep in terms of energy levels or entertainment. We bring a clinical outcome. We, we bring a treatment to, to treat insomnia and, and help with sleep disorders. So I think that's the difference. And we bring end-to-end -end solutions. We do have guided meditation and relaxation techniques to support the therapy. But our core is the digital therapy, the, the, the clinical protocols. And we do have telemedicine. We do have sleep experts to support when needed. And one of the, I guess, what, what makes us different in terms of the other therapeutic approaches is the, the algorithm itself combining 
biometric data and electroencephalogram, I think that is, is something that's it's, it's very assertive and uh, personalized. It brings the, the, the precision medicine to it. So I guess that's one of the differentiation and the, the full journey that we bring. Speaking of markets and competition, we can go back to the digital health landscape in Brazil again. How do you, what was your journey when it comes to fundraising, looking for investors? How would you describe that part of digital health landscape in Brazil? Yeah, digital health, digital health ecosystem is not, is not a big one in Brazil. There is not many opportunities definitely for fundraising, for the ecosystem and per se. So at Sleep Up, we have a global mindset. So we, we were founded in Brazil, in Latin America, but we have this global mindset and in terms of trademark, in terms of IP. So we are actually, in terms of fundraising, we have a, a, a global approach. That's because South America and Brazil specifically, yeah, the, the ecosystem, startup ecosystem for digital health and health in general is not uh, um, very developed yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, where do your investors come from? Are you also trying to reach the, the US investors? What's your pitch? Just uh, targeting the whole Latin America or even broader? You mentioned global, but I'm just, you have to start somewhere. So I'm just wondering if you're limiting yourself in the first stages yeah. to the Latin region. Yes, yes, yes. We have this mindset, but our go-to market is uh, Brazil and uh, LATAM for the next two years. Any additional experiences that you could share from the startup world in Brazil in the last uh, three years since you've been active in this field? To, to, to be an entrepreneur, to have a startup, is, I guess it's difficult everywhere. It's, uh, it's very hard. It's very hard when you are in a the healthcare uh, setting where you have a higher, a longer go-to-market, you have, you have regulatory, you have sometimes capital intensive, you are capital intensive. So there, there are a lot of things related to that makes it even more difficult. And but the fact that you are women makes it difficult as well. And the fact that digital therapeutic is still a disruptive it is it's a disruptive innovation everywhere mainly in in south america and brazil so there there are a lot of challenges but we we do believe that we are and we do believe and we prove that we are in the right direction we are getting a lot of support from from the business the companies the investors we are getting a lot of support that we are in, in the right track so working with a disruptive innovation, it's a matter of resilience and, and being highly motivated to, to make it work. So at Sleep Up, we are driven by purpose and evidence and science. So we are doing a lot of progress and uh, we are very happy and motivated to, to go much further. You, your solution is available over the counter. However, you're also working with healthcare providers. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So how, what kind of healthcare providers, how do you convince them to recommend the app to their patients? How does that part work? Sure. Yeah, the, the app is available in the Play Store, in the App Store, in a lot of countries and the, the, the paid plans not 
in some of the countries because of the regulatory approval. But in Brazil, yes, uh, everything is available and people use it, people buy it. But our focus is uh, a B2B and B2B for healthcare providers and pharmacies, healthcare insurance as well. To make the doctor use it is, is something that is a challenge for all the all the technologies that are coming up. This is, is something that it, it, it's a challenge for everyone. So we do have a lot of early adopters, doctors, early adopters that really want to integrate, have this integrated health approach to sleep, that want to prescribe, indicate to the patients. But our focus is uh, more on the pharmacy, for example, on the healthcare uh, providers in terms of chronic diseases. So we are available to the patients because we don't actually, uh, we don't need the, the doctor at the, first, at the first instance. We have our doctors in the platform if needed. So the patient, they start using SleepUp if, if the patient wants to connect with, with the doctor, with his or her doctor, there is a place where he can add, add insert the, the data from the doctor to receive all the, the, the information. So the doctor is in, in our business model, but we don't depend on the doctor to, to make it work. So that's something that's important because we realize that actually there, there is a gap between the, the prescription, the, the pharmacological treatment that doctors normally offer, prescribe, and the psychotherapeutic approach that doctors don't, know, don't normally prescribe. And people want it. People want this more effective and durable treatment. Yeah. And something that's interesting is the fact that we... Uh, we have these two plans, the standard plan and the premium plan. And the standard plan, the, the, which is a more superficial version, more behavioral, more preventive. In this case, we work with the telecom industry. We, we use the, a channel for reaching and for bringing democratization and accessibility through um, mobile plans, mobile mm-hmm. phones. You mentioned earlier that uh, there's a shortage of clinicians that are specialized in uh, sleep health, uh, especially if we understand the market need for such specialists. So how, where do doctors that you work with uh, come from? Are they just uh, working in the public system and this is something that they do as a part-time engagement because Brazil has a, a, a huge public health uh, system with the um, uh, striving to give universal access to everyone. So how do you, you know, manage that part? Of business, yes, we. That's a very interesting point. We have very few sleep experts with the the certification, let's say, of sleep doctors, and and they are not. Most of them, they are not in the public setting. They are private professionals that charge a lot of money. So that's the reality, and what we do is to partner with them, with the ones that are aligned with our purpose to make it to make treatment accessible so we they are our partners and we have very low fees compared to how they actually charge in real life 
So what we do is to, to make them the ones that are aligned with our purpose of integrated care, of psychotherapeutic approach, and they partner with us. And then we agree to, to have a lower fee for the, for the consultation. In the case of psychologists, which, in which we have even less professionals, like less than 50, we also offer a, a training course for them in CBTI, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. So we also tend to qualify more people and help uh, them to be specialists in, in the area. Yeah, but it is still a very, very specialized. It shouldn't be because sleep is one of the three health pillars that we have. It shouldn't be that specialized. I always mention that doctors, they don't learn about sleep at, at the school. Children don't learn about sleep when they are at school. Nobody learns about sleep. So the, the doctors, they don't have this. Uh, they don't know how to manage uh, the sleep problem, the insomnia. Family doctors, they, they, there is a huge need about that, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, it's, I guess sleep is just something that we take for granted as take if it it's granted. self-evident. But yeah, we are starting to realize the importance of that and rest more and more. We talked just a little bit about healthcare, but um, I do wonder what's your experience with the Brazilian healthcare? How would you characterize it and its uh, development? Most of, as you said, most of most of our healthcare is is public. So seventy five percent basically is public, twenty five percent is private. So public still dominates, and we we are doing a lot of progress i think we in terms of tra- uh, digital transformation but there of course there is a lot to be a lot to be improved a lot of things are changing in the ecosystem in the healthcare ecosystem a lot of new health insurance providers are coming up smaller companies startups healthcare marketplaces we see this change into a consumerization of health decentralization um, home care so people trying to manage themselves using technologies so I guess these are some of the trends that we see in other countries as well but but our public system uh, is doing a lot of good progress in terms of digital transformation that but there is a lot of of course a lot of to be done and Brazil is, is huge it's there is so much disparity of of culture or finance and yeah, it's difficult to to say it doesn't really work well in every single state and city, definitely. Yeah, I think I saw OSCD data that there's 6,500 hospitals in Brazil. So that's quite something to know when trying to understand where the complexity comes from. Did you come in across any uh, interesting findings based on the data that's gathered through the SleepUp app? Yes, yes. We've published some scientific papers and abstracts already. We were actually two months ago in the World Sleep Congress in Italy, publishing our scientific findings of the electroencephalogram algorithm. We, The next Congress in Europe this year, we will present our findings of a combined treatment between pharmacological treatment and psychotherapeutic treatment we've presented to some three or four congresses in Brazil so 
We have a lot of clinical evidence and evidence that people are using. They are getting better. They are improving. For example, we had this a metric of 30 minutes more uh, total time of sleep within four weeks. For example, sleep latency, which is the that time between you go to bed and you get to sleep. So we have to reduce that time to perhaps at least 30 minutes, which is it's something that's healthy. And we managed to reduce less than one hour learning that they, what time they have to go to bed and less night awakenings. So we're doing a lot of, we measure a lot of metrics and, and it's very great and rewarding and motivates us a lot to see that people are improving and enjoying the therapy. Uh, as a final question, what would your general advice be uh, to people about sleep? Or is there anything that you would like to share with the audience based on all the work that you've done so far around sleep research? I don't know how, to which extent you had very clear expectations about how far you can get and how some findings might have changed what you expected when you started Sleep Up in 2019. A lot of things changed and we're always switching, understanding user behavior and trying to, to improve user experience. And But one thing that, a message that I would like to give is that um, treating insomnia and it's a process it's not like one day it's not one pill it's not it's something that it's it, it, it's an integrated approach with exercises with medication with diet with mental health we do have um, some modules of depression anxiety it's a lot correlated so insomnia it can be the cause of consequence of anxiety and depression, for example. So it's a process. It's a process. It takes time. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years. But it's very important that person engage in a, in a treatment related to behavior routines and uh, in this integrated approach. Sometimes we have users that want to, to use sleep off for one day, two days, and that doesn't work. Because you, you really have to, to change behavior. You have to change cognitive, your cognitive thinking, a lot of things. And that's not easy. That's the message I would give. And the other one is that even though we are based on a mobile phone, we, the most important thing is that you don't use mobile phone. Don't take it to bed. And that's something that we emphasize a lot. Even though we are on the smartphone, we don't, we, we need to make sure the, the users, they don't take the mobile phone to, to, with them to bed because we have this technology advances we have, but technology is also a problem for sleep. Computer is a problem. Mobile phone is a problem. Uh, and we have to balance that and explain that to the user. That's why at Sleep Up, we, we emphasize that a lot, that Sleep Up is a treatment. It's a daytime treatment. It's not for using at night. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast because it really, really helps other listeners interested in digital health find the show as well. Stay tuned.